What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Yo, what's up, Devin? Yo, what's going on, Dave? Man, a, a lot, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> what's going on with you, man? You about to be a dad in, like, what, two weeks? Uh, we got, it's like T-minus anywhere. Three weeks is like the max. So, yeah, Dave and Dev podcast will, will look a lot different with the baby screaming in the background. Yo, my guy's about to have have numero uno. Can't wait, man. I'm super excited for you. Yeah, man. Uh, but, yeah, man, what, listen, we got a guest on. <clears throat> I don't want to take too much time, but I feel like we always try to be really real on this podcast. And uh, I'm going to keep it real, man. It's been a hard few weeks. Like, it's been crazy. Like, uh, as y'all can tell, I'm like moved in halfway to my new house, uh, m- moved out 99% of my old house, but this has been like every night, like little sleep, man. <clears throat> but uh, I wanted to just mention something, man, real quick. Uh, and this is a, this is a, a blessing and in, in in sadness, but uh, so my, one of my grandmothers passed away last night um, after being in the hospital for a little bit. And I, uh, it's obviously been tough on, on the family and on everybody, but man, about <clears throat> like maybe four or five days ago, she, uh, she accepted Christ and, uh, just seeing the, the goodness of the Lord in the midst of a really hard time, uh, for a lot of folks. And, um, I'm just grateful in, in, in the midst of feeling like I'm, I'm exhausted running all over the place. Uh, a lot of busyness going on. I've DJed like 850 events in the last six weeks, it feels like. Um, but man, it's just that the Lord has been gracious. And so I wanted to share that because, again, I, I feel like we always try to keep it real on the, the podcast. And I hate being one of those guys that like answers the, yo, what you've been up to lately? Be like, oh, not, nothing. Because <laughs> it's, it's been wild, man. I'm going to keep it real. And it's not been bad, but it's just been tough. And I uh, just that's, wanted to kind of share that story of gratitude. That's really dope because that's like at the end of someone's race, that's when they accept it. I mean, not everybody gets the chance to, to know when the end of their race is coming, but yeah, just the, the fact that, that happened, that's, that, that's like encouragement for me, like for people that may be in your life that may be like really stubborn and may not ever be like, okay, they got no chance at, at all of doing this, which is, which, is wild. I, I don't know if I've shared this on, on the podcast before, but the people who shared the gospel with me, like they prayed for me for like years, like two years or something like that. And I was on a list and I won't share the name of the list, but it was it was a really bad. It was like a, it was like basically like people who you would never, ever think would come yeah. to Christ. I was on that list yeah. and I ended up coming to Christ. So it's just encouragement that you say that um, that you, I mean, just that we can keep praying and keep pursuing our friends. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, man, I just wanted to share that. I appreciate you guys. Uh, and, and for everybody that's reached out, man, thank you so much for the condolences. And uh, I'm just grateful. So, man, after all that, let's hop into it. I'm super pumped. The guy that we have on our podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see it, obviously, for the last five minutes. But if you're listening, this is one of the dopest dudes on the Internet. And, and he's he's shaking his head right now, but I just, like, love this dude, man. Like, we've been Facebook friends, and, and we've had similar circles for, like, what, 10 years at this point? 
And uh, man, it's this has been such an exciting time and got to meet you in person a couple of weeks ago. So anyway, without further ado, uh, my guy Ian is on the podcast. Ian, introduce yourself uh, and, and kick us off. Tell, us, tell everybody about who you are, where you're from, the whole nine. We need to know everything. <laughs> man, that's quite an introduction. Um, you know, first, let me say, um, I'm sorry I hear about your grandmother, but, you know, we, we shift to, you know, she's in a better place. So, um, you know, she's taken care of. So I, I you know, I, I celebrate that part of it, but I do agree with you the part of losing her. So let me say that, but, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm Ian Gabriel. I go by Mirage. I'm wearing the shirt, you know, trying mm -hmm. to, trying to do the brand, but, but Mirage is my, my, my hip hop name, uh, my artist name. And, um, yeah, and uh, so I'm from Kentucky. Um, I'm assuming this podcast is like a Kentucky-based podcast, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure where Deb's from. Um, we, we, you know, we in Kentucky, but you know, people from we got different states that tune into these episodes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm Kentucky-based right now. Um, I'm born and raised here. Uh, spent some time in Florida, but yeah, I'm in Kentucky now, and. I've been doing music seriously since 2010-ish. I dabbled in it, but I really took it seriously, like with my craft, like in 2010. And uh, I mean, I come from the foster care system. So I was, uh, my mom lost custody of me when I was eight years old. Um, and that's when I went into, well, they tried to put you with family, but that didn't really work. So eventually I landed in foster care. Um, and then all the way until 21, um, I was taken care of by the state. You know, I went on to college only because you get like a waiver to like pay for school. If you went through foster care, it's like a thing. So I took advantage of that. I went to school, flunked out the first time. Cause I just played Halo. Halo two came out and that was like the death of me where I was just in the room playing Halo. Didn't go to class, <laughs> didn't go to exams, didn't do anything. So I did that, dropped out, went and, uh, worked for a little bit and then came back and then went to BCTC. Then went on to Eastern Kentucky University where I got my bachelor's in broadcasting, ironically. So it's, it's crazy. I'm on a podcast. Um, and, um, and yeah, so now I'm just kind of fast forward. I'm trying to put the pieces together. Um, I started in January Mirage Entertainment, which is really geared towards like uh, planning events and putting putting everything together so that can look like either I book a beat a DJ for something else or it can look like a lot of times what I'm trying to do is is book myself really I'm trying to have a different approach and really it was COVID and all those things that hit I know you want to get into like the music more deep later but like that when COVID and everything hit it kind of shifted the approach because a lot of clubs and bars and venues are like why should I book you like, so if you call and you're like, hey, I'm a Raza rapper, I want to come play. They're like, yeah, I don't know you. I don't know about that. You know, if you call and you're like, hey, I'm an event producer and I've got bands and I've got people that can come and perform. And hey, you know, actually, I'm in a band and I would like to come and perform there. They're like, oh, OK, it's, it's just a different approach. And it started opening doors. And um, really, that took place in New, on New Year's this past year. And then from there, I just kind of snowballed it and kept riding with it. And then I started a business in January and was like, OK, this is like a really this is like a thing. And this is a way to weave in because like a lot of people know me for the music and like the foster care world. 
they kind of know me for the speaking and stuff, but like, I kind of do that too. So like, I, so the, so the, they don't know about each other. <laughs> it's like two girlfriends. So like the, the <laughs> rap world, somebody in trouble, man, <laughs> the rap world doesn't know that I speak really. And the speaking world doesn't know that I do music seriously, really. So I'm trying to put the two together. And then there's voice acting, which is like this thing that I do just, I'm into it. Like, I, I just would like to to pursue that. I don't really do it quite yet. I've, I've had some experience doing different projects, but like, so like the whole business and everything together, I'm trying to like make it threefold and trying to fold all these things into it. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at yeah. right now. <laughs> so you got a lot of dope stuff you're doing right now. A yes, lot. sir. So, but one of the things we want to touch on first is the foster care system. So you said you were entered into the foster care system when you were eight years old. Tell me about like how that transition was for you and then how you now use that as like, you know, as like your testimony to speak to other, other people. Man, it was tough. Um, you know, going through, you're kind of, well, first of all, as a kid, you're overexposed to things and you don't really understand. Um, obviously, as a kid, you just want to be with your mom or your parents in general. So you don't really know why you're taken away or this whole concept. Like none of that really makes sense because you're a kid. So going through that was tough. Um, I went through some group homes, which is weird because it was like you go to school and like two kids would be like, yeah, mom and dad did this last night. I'm like, well, you know, Mr. Sam taught me how to make Kool-Aid. And they're like, who's Mr. Sam? Cause like in a group home, it's like a staff. So there's like shifts of people, like a job, you know? And so you might have a whole staff. So first, second and third shift, you know, you might have different people that you work with. And that was just like, <laughs> that was something that was weird for kids at school. They were like, bro, what is he, what are you talking about? So like little things like that, moving around, it was a lot of movement. So it was a lot of going from school to school, home to home. I was in many different homes. It, it would be different if it was like just one home. Like now the goal is if a kid goes into foster care, the goal is like in one year's time to either get adopted or go back home to the family. Like that's kind of the goals that they want. My case was weird because while that's the goal and it was kind of rolled out because, you know, I'm born in 89. So it's like 90s. So like in the 90s, it was like, keep giving chances to the mom, keep giving chances to the mom, keep giving chances to the mom. So like you have to work. The parent has to work what's called a case plan, like trying to get their kid back. So kid was taken away for X reason. Hers was like addiction and struggling with things like that. So like kid was taken away. So in order to get the kid back, they give you this case plan and you have to follow it. So you may have to go to AA meetings. You may have to do this, that and the third. And so she had to do this stuff to get me back. And so she would do it. So she would do it. She would get me back and then mess up again. And then I'm taken up again, taken away again. Mm -hmm. So that kept happening for like multiple years. Right. Which is not normal. I would argue it's not really normal. At, at a certain point, TPR happened. TPR means termination of parental rights. So at some point she gave her own rights up to the state because they told her she could still have visitation with me if she did that. So she did. They make, she made that choice to the judge. And that's what happened. I bounced around here and there, everywhere, and then eventually landed in a home when I was about 15. So like a sophomore in, in high school, I landed with this lady named Miss Marge. And so I stayed there and pretty much stayed there until I aged out at 21. And then I went off to college and then I bounced around again. But 
as far as like being raised, that's really where I consider like home in Danville, Kentucky, and like kind of consider like her as like my mom in a way. Like it's weird because like the traditional mom and dad, I don't really think of it that way. I have several people in my life that that speak to me and speak into me. And so like it's like multiple moms or multiple fathers. It's not really like singular. So it's, it's kind of like weird. Sort of like a village. Yeah, like when they say it takes a village to raise a child, like I was the child that needed the village. You know what I mean? You needed, so, a, whole, you needed a whole city, dog. <laughs> multiple cities, multiple houses. But now, like I can say, I have a lot of friends. And, you know, somebody said to me one time, like, you can't pick your parents, but you can pick your friends. That's very interesting. That was an interesting thing somebody said to me. Um, because I do have a lot of friends that that are very supportive and loving and like I can learn from them and, and I can look up to some of them and like I can learn, like we can teach each other things and it's healthy and like so I didn't really see the the healthy model of things until I was mentored in like my twenties. So so let me ask you a question real quick. Like when you heard that your mom gave up her rights. For, to you, how did how did you feel in that moment? I don't think I really understood as a kid. I think that it took years, like in my twenties, to really process that information. Yeah. And then when I really processed, like when I was a kid, I was just like, "Oh, okay." And I just went around to playing action figures again. When I was when I was an adult, it's, and thinking through it, I'm like, "Okay, I get where she was. Like, I can I have more context. So I can understand." addiction is a real thing. She really struggled with that. And she felt like she did the best she could and she didn't have any other choice. That's how she feels. Now, logistically, she could have done some other things, whatever, but I don't really like judge her or anything like that. I'm just kind of like that. It is what it is. Like she did. She thought that was the best choice. She thought in the state's hands, I'm being taken care of. I'm going to college. I'm doing things. Go ahead and let that be that. And then I also think that when she made that choice, she didn't think it was forever. I think she had wise counsel in her ear telling her, like, he'll come back around. And I did. So when I turned 18, I went back around. I hung around. We don't have the best relationship right now <laughs> just because just because it is very difficult. Um, she comes from a different way of life. Um, and I was blessed. I was fortunate to to learn different things. And now I see the patterns. I see the different things that happen. And so I try to work with her. We try to work with each other on, on our differences and trying to work through that stuff. And, and it's difficult. But I mean, we do the best we can. Um, yeah. But yeah. So now you said that you speak to like you go to different foster homes and you speak. So what do you what do you talk? What are you speaking about when you go there? Well, I speak about you know, my story and kind of some things. I, I really focus on ambition a lot because a lot of youth don't think that way. They're kind of stuck in survival mode, which is like food, water, shelter. Like, where am I going to get these things tomorrow? Right. Because if you're a foster kid and you move around so much, you're constantly here, there, and you're just moving around and around. So like you, you worry about that stuff. Like you're stressed about that stuff. Can't sleep because you're, you don't know. So that doesn't stop even when you become an adult and find security. So you're just worried about get, holding down a job. You're just worried about just, you know, keeping food on the table. You're worried about just whatever. But like, as far as like dreams and why do you matter in this world and what is your purpose and like, what gives you fulfillment and those kind of conversations, they don't even think about those things. 
that doesn't even cross their mind mm. because mm. they haven't stopped spinning to even really think about it. So like, I want to bring that conversation to them. I want them to think about what they want to do. What's their impact? And I want them to believe in themselves because a lot of things is the insecurity and like not feeling good inside and hating their self, hating their situation. I want them to, I try to get them to zoom out a little bit and look at the whole picture and kind of look at everything and kind of see how they fit into that cog, into that whole machine. So I like trying to do that. I like sharing my story where I made mistakes, what I did wrong, what I could do better, what, what they can do better, how they can learn from me, how I can learn from them. Like I try to be open. Um, I try to be funny too. So I try to bring that because it's boring just me giving a monologue. So I try to, you know, talk about Miss Mars. She was hilarious. She was, she said, she was like real life Medea. So she was like, she, she, I had everything except the gun in the purse. She's like, and get in here and clean your room. Like that was how she talks. So I like, I say like that and I talk like that and they laugh and, you know, that reaches them. And now in my current job, like in my day job job, like I reach out to foster parents daily. So like, I try to bring that experience of what I went through to them so they can see what it's like from the other side. And, and that I think helps them to see, Oh, I didn't think about it that way, you know, cause they just have their perspective being the parent of the foster kid. They don't have the foster kid really to them because a lot of, a lot of foster parents don't really listen to foster kids really. So, so I speak to them, speak to the kids and really try to speak to the workers too. I try to speak to every single piece of the cog and try to work with it. Um, but not exclusive to that. I mean, I try to talk about, you know, domestic violence or I try to talk about different things, too, that that may not directly impact me. But I, I can I, I understand and, and have witnessed some of that or gone through some of that, whatever. Like so I can I can contribute to some other conversations that I think can help people where they're at, too. And it's, it's so cool to hear you talk about that, too. And, uh, you know, this is not really a question. This is me just sharing the story. But. Uh, you know, if you follow me on social media, you saw that about, I guess it's been about four weeks ago, I got to DJ an event that you guys had put on. And uh, yeah. it, it was, it was one of those things, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know what to expect coming into it. Um, but it was cool to hear you talk, you guys had a guest speaker, and there was a talent show. And, and, and I want to bring up this talent show, particularly because y'all did something there that just it, it was so inspiring to me the way you guys were like empowering those students, those kids to believe in themselves and to understand that like, <clears throat> they're not just whatever everybody else says they are. Like they have talents, they have gifts and some of them were really talented and you guys encouraged that and promoted that. And for me, it was like, it was, it was heartbreaking in a way because I could see the hurt that was in so many of them. Uh, but also I could see the joy that came from <clears throat> doing something like doing, or, you know, even having a laugh together, having fun together. And so, man, it was, it was super encouraging. And I, I loved how watching you interact. Like that was maybe my favorite part was just <laughs> how, how you interacted, you know, from the stage and then individually with them. And uh, it was just really cool, man. And I would encourage <clears throat> everyone to, you know, try to try to find ways that you can uh, get involved in, in foster care work, whether that's being a foster parent or being a mentor or whatever it might be. And there, there's resources out there. And I'm going to have Ian talk about that way later. So stay tuned. Um, but <laughs> let's switch gears a little bit, man. 
we we touched on music, your your business, what you got going on there. You got a lot of cool stuff, man. The the first question uh, that I want to ask you is where did the name come from? Where did where did Mirage originate? Man, it's weird. I went through several different names and landed on Mirage, and it just called to me because I think people see me. So like when when I rap, when I perform, obviously the light and everything is on me, but I think there's 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 substance behind me. There's there's more behind me. There's like more than meets the eye, so to speak. So that's the mirage of it. Like you think you see that, but there's more to that. Okay. Some of that was just like a lot of people would see me perform and they would be shocked. Like that dude raps. Like, you know. <laughs> Like that shock factor, like I don't look like your typical rapper. Like I don't carry myself that way. So people are shocked at, oh, that dude is actually dope. Like that kind of, it kind of like, whoa, I didn't know that. So I kind of use that and um, I spelled it with one A at first, like the way you actually spell it. And then there's like the Mirage Hotel and all the stuff. So when I started to get into branding, I added the second A. And it was kind of like this, you know, when I prayed about it and thought about it, it was like, after all, that's the two A's. Yeah. Like after, after all that's, that's happened to me, everything I've been through, everything, this is what remains. And so I thought that was powerful. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep Mirage. I've always wondered that, man. That's, thank you for, for telling that story. That's really dope, man. Uh, my second question, I'll let Devin and ask any questions he has, but my second question, man, like, who are your influences? Like, you have such a unique voice, and you have such a unique delivery, uh, and Devin and I both really like hip-hop, so you're talking to guys that, like, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say, like, I like can go some historian type stuff, but, like, I like a wide range of hip-hop, like, I'm not just, like, one lane, but you have such a dope sound, like, who kind of has inspired you to sound the way you sound? Thank you, man. That's I just thank you for saying that because, you know, you don't hear that every day. But um, I mean, for me, it's like I really studied the Jay-Z's of the world, the the New Age, Kendrick Lamar's, J. Cole's, um, Lupe Fiasco. I like I like different things for each of them. Yeah, the I, hear Lupe. Lupe. I hear Lupe in there. <laughs> Royce to five nine. Yeah. Um, one that'll really shock you though is like Michael Jackson, James Brown. Okay. Because just there was a point in my career where I worked with this guy. He's a Christian. He was helping me, and, and he was like working with me on MCing, like being an MC, and didn't take me back to the '80s where hip hop started. Took me back to James Brown. Okay. Took me back to Michael Jackson to learn like true MCmanship, true like crowd control interaction, um, the the ambiance, the the prince, the the wearing the clothes, the how you act on stage, the character, the the all of it, like really looking at it almost on a scientific level. Yeah. And so the excellency of like Michael Jackson is something I think every artist in every genre chases after, but it's, it's there for a reason. And I think it's the timelessness, you know, not every artist has timelessness built in. And that's something I really push towards. So at a certain point early, you didn't really ask me this, but like early in my career, 
it was really lyrical miracle in your swimming pool. So like Eminem, you know, Nas, those were like a lot of my influences. They still are to a degree, but at a certain point I hit a wall. I hit a wall because in this market and where I'm at, that stuff doesn't really work. Like people kind of tune you out. It's too much. People don't want to think they get off work. They got to go home to kids. They just want to get a fast food burger and chill and watch stranger things. They ain't really trying to dissect. Bruh. He said, the hobby is copy, Maserati velocity, vomiting, vominos to Mitt Romney. Like, and then, you know, people don't want to do that. So I like to do that. I did that. I do that for like Lupe and different artists. I like to go to Rap Genius and he said, and like put it all together. But I realized that's a niche. That's a very narrow bunch of people, which is fine. You could do that. You know, people made a living off that. But in terms of business, in terms of reach, because I feel like I have a message I want to get out. I was like, okay, I've got to learn how to make songs. To me, Royster Five Nine can't make a song to save his life. To me, the only reason this is hey. talk about hot takes. The only reason why hot, Eminem that's can make a, a song. A, I want you to pause right there. That is a hot <laughs> take that you just said right there. I see. Any and any hip hop head that's listening to this is is going to be trying to look to to find your music right now. You better be able to back it up. So whatever you say next, you better be able to back up that statement. So so listen. The only reason why Eminem has hit records. I want you to think about this. Don't go There's somebody else on it, usually. Usually. So think about it. Rihanna, oh, Dido on Dino Wanna Wonder. Like these other people make it a song. So lyrically dope, but song. Now he had real slim shady. It was just him. He had uh, the way I am, just him. Like he had singles that I mean, pop. That was- he first came out. I mean, he, it was something so different, and he was by himself. It was so different, though. So that's what I'm saying. So like, what you're saying right now is like that's like that's like new shady. But like I, when, he first, think- when he first came out, he, he I mean, it was it was solo. Oh, this dude's crazy. And then Dre got involved, and I mean, then the collaborate. But when he first when we first found out who Eight Mile was, that was crazy. That was. I think, I think, you know, to tack on to that, I think what you're trying to get at, and this is something I've always kind of like, I don't know, had not beef, but like I've always thought about Eminem was like his records are so angry and it appeals to like a certain like group of people, right? So your hits, like your hit records kind of have like this cross melding with different crowds, right? So like, I, I think, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a popular like Eminem song that, you know, from Eight Mile, right? Like these we mom spaghetti, right? Like those songs, like it's it's angry, but the way it was produced and the way that it was marketed, especially in the movie, you have people that maybe can't relate, but they were like, that's a dope song, right? But then he has like other songs where you're listening to it and you're like, This guy's angry and I don't like that. Like I, that's just my feeling, right? And I think that there's other people that they're super ultra talented, but they have niche like listeners and your hits are ones that kind of span the, the scope of listeners. So I, I kind of see where when Eminem first came out, his first hit, the first words you hear him say is hi kids. Do you want, you like violence? You want to see me stick nine inch nails through each one of my eyelids. All right. No one was saying, I don't like that. It was kind of like, yo, he's crazy. I, but I want to hear more. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, you, he, yeah. I mean, he made a whole career after being an angry dude. Now, when he got sober, his music changed up a little bit. But he, when he first came out, he was an angry dude. No, you're right. You know, it's it was too strong to say. It was too strong to say he only can have a hit with somebody else. That's not true. That's clearly not true. I think, though, that you're right. I don't right. know why I'm defending him like that. I'm not like his biggest apologist. Here's the thing, though. When's the last time you rode around the car and picked Eminem and listened to? Now, most people most people don't just ride around hey, casually. I'm a little different because I was going to say, like, I, I, I'll, I'll just be, like, reminiscing, like, oh, dang, that was a good time. I'll just play that song again. For me, it could be any dad could listen to him, you know. But like you're right, like most people are not just bumping Eminem in the car. That's the so that reason. That's the only reason why I put Jay Z one. That's the only reason. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. If you if you if you comparing the two, yeah, they. I mean Jay Z better than Eminem, for sure. I, but I that's kind of controversial. Like people would fight you over that. Bring him on. <laughs> I can tell him where I live. I mean, like, like that, that, that. That's not to me. That's like that's like obvious. Like. This man was around when, when like Notorious B.I.G. was making music and Tupac was making music. He survived Nas. Like Nas, you survived Nas. That's crazy. And then you're still making music to this day. So I, Dave, Dave, when's the last time you listened to Eminem in the car? Like you casually just drive this. Like he got kids. That's not a fair question. He got kids. He can't. He on can't, purpose. He can't answer that question. <laughs> hey, hey, on purpose. I could not tell you that since I have been a driving eligible citizen that I have ever put Eminem on on purpose, <laughs> and that's just keeping it one hundred. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, though. Like when I'm in conversations, because you know, in our community, it's like who's the best rapper, who's the best lyricist. When we get in these conversations, a lot of people want to put Eminem one, and I get it. Don't get me wrong, I get it, but. In terms oh, of where, like, um, I, I'm just like number one white rapper. Yeah, okay, I could put him up there. Like, yeah, I mean, like, but I mean, like, he's not who 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 puts that man at one. Who are these people? There's people that put him one, but I but the legacy is there. I can see it. But here's the thing: Are we talking about lyricism or are we talking about overall artistry? Overall artistry, I can't put him one because. I don't know that anybody just rides around listening. There's tons of people that just ride around listening to Jay-Z. They listen to Big Pimpin'. They listen to whatever. They just drive around. Because his hits are, like, super casual, super playable. Like, as far as what I I went to a Jay-Z concert a couple years ago, and I forgot how many hits that dude really had. (laughs) You remember, like, like a time frame, like, where you were in each of those moments? It's great. Like, Jay-Z really got, like, a whole, like – era got like 40 years of hits at this point (laughs) it's crazy man and it's like when you think about like what dave said what a hit is supposed to do in terms of like kind of go beyond your your niche audience and kind of reach out like there's so many different people and groups of people that that rock with his sound and his and his hits specifically like and don't get me wrong he has features too right but like he could definitely stand on his own and, and make like Rock boys in the building tonight. Oh, what a feeling I'm feeling life. Like people yeah. just got a cigar and they like, Ugh, we <laughs> party. Like we here. Facts. You know? Nah, I, I I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I appreciate that answer too. Uh so 
Real quick, last question in this music se- series here. And I got I got some rapid fire for you at the end. So y'all got to make sure you stay tuned for that. But um, my last question was kind of like more content creation. So I feel like the last like two years, specifically maybe three years, uh, you've done a lot of work on social media, branding wise. Uh, you've done your uh, free verse Fridays. Uh, right now you have the series on uh, TikTok that you've been promoting on your other social media as well, where you wrap around the country, which was is banging, bro. Killer, killer. Thank you, man. Track. Thank you. Um, so what's kind of been the, the inspiration from that? Do you feel like you've seen fruit from it? What's kind of next in that landscape? That's that's kind of Mirage, you were you were in the Dave and Dev rap battles. He was in the Dave and Dev rap battles. What? Yeah, you a couple of years ago when we did that. So yeah. I I want to just got, the only reason he got edged out was because the dude that went that he was going against had a lot of friends. Now wait, wait, wait. One second. A lot. I want to ask you on the pod, do you want to run it back? Let's run it back. Let's do it. Yeah. And you heard it. You heard it here. The man is coming for the throne. Yeah, Let's get coming. it. He's coming. Let's run it back. Let's get it. All right. All right. All right. But but the content creation, what's been the inspiration for that? What? How do you feel like it's going and what's next in that kind of landscape? Yeah, man. Um, The content creation is really like doing music independently is so vast. And I, I really think like seriously, people don't like just your average day person doesn't grasp how vast it is. Vast in terms of like, you're your own publicist. You are your own assistant. You're your own, like everything, every role that has to be fulfilled in order to get traction and actually do something with this. Like I decided a long time ago, this isn't a hobby. This is like, I want to quit my job and this is what I'm doing. So if that's the case, I'm on like Gary V like Gary Vaynerchuk, like drop everything, like live in a box, like do what you got to do. But this is what we're doing. So putting my whole back into it, uh, social media was a thing that came along, obviously with, uh, I had a friend who was trying to like show me the ropes about like social media, because I didn't really have a strong presence at first, other than like Facebook. And he was trying to make the argument for Instagram. And I was like, bro, I don't want an Instagram. Why do I need an Instagram? I actually fought him a lot on like having an Instagram. Now it's like TikTok. And I had another artist, like fast forward years, right? TikTok comes out. And Gary Vee and all these people are pushing like, you got to do TikTok. TikTok is the thing right now. Organic reach. Like it's the best organic reach. And I'm just like, man, I ain't trying to dance. I ain't trying to do TikTok. I ain't trying to. But what it kind of forces you to do is it forces you to take your format, your creativity, and to put it in a new envelope. It forces you to do that. Because if you don't do that, you will be left behind. Yeah. And that's just the modern era. That's just the way it is. So, right. like, if somebody is some, if you're not already backed by a multi billion dollar label, then you're going to get left behind because they have so much marketing power and financing that it doesn't matter. You don't have to have social media. They'll run it for you. They have somebody to do that. But if you're independent, if you're independent, you have to get on board with these new trends. And so for me, once I finally got on board with the TikTok thing, I actually struggled with trying to figure out what I was going to do, ironically, because I rap, but it's like I already was uploading rap and it was only getting so much traction. So you, this is, again, forcing to be creative. So I had to put spins on it. So like we were doing this trip around the country and I was like, okay, 
um, it would be dope to take all this equipment, interface, all that, and go like on top of a mountain and rap. That would be dope. Like, so we made it happen. And then as we were doing that, it was really just going to be that. And then I kind of thought, what can I name it? It was like having a baby. What do I do with this, this piece of content? Yeah. So I was like, we're just going to call it Mirage Raps Everywhere. And then I can expand on it. So when I take, because I love to travel just in general. So mixing the things that you love to do is, is like powerful. So like if I love to travel anyways, like whenever I go to China, let's pick it back up and do like a session where I go to different places in China. Let, when I go to, you know, wherever. So it's like keep it going and maybe it's spaced out by months or years, but who cares? Just bring it back, bring it back, put flavor on it. People be like, oh, he's in China. This is hard. And people just be like, you know. Yeah. Bring it, bring it how has the gospel impacted all the, of those many things that you do? That's a good question. Um, it really is the message in the music. What is the music talking about for me? And it's about reaching people who don't believe or don't respond to, you know, the Kirk Franklins of the world or, or, the, the gospel that's already out there, I want to reach people with, with God's love first. And then when I reach them with that, then they will, you know what I'm saying? That's just part of the process. They will get closer to God. They will find a way to get saved. They will, and I can be a part of that process. That is really what it is for me because so many times growing up, you know, there's, the quote of Bible thumpers and people who kind of beat you over the head with scripture and stuff like that. And I've saw people hurt by that over the years. I saw people that turn away and I find that I have a unique way to approach it. I like to just love on people first. Let's just start there. Just start with loving people. And as I love on them, then they respond totally different. We can have a different conversation. We can have a conversation about theology or Christianity or whatever, but they're not open to it right off the bat. Right off the bat, they're hungry or they're hurt or something's going on. That's typically where, where things are. Yeah, it's like addressing the first need. So like you're, you know, you're speaking in your music. So, you, you know, are you, is it, so it's like, let's say someone never heard anything about Mirage before. What can they expect to hear when they listen to your music? I think the biggest thing is is they get God's love in a way that that's not something beating them with it. <laughs> like like they get they get God's love in a way that's packaged in modern day use modern modern day usage. I would like say the, the application of, of yes, like real life application. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Well, maybe a lot of a lot of uh. So like Chris, like gospel music is like so broad, like Christian music is so broad. So you can get like the Maverick cities of the world. And then you got, like you said, Kirk Franklin's and now they're going on tour, but you can also get like the Yolanda Adams, like way different. And then you can get like the Lecrae's and KB's and then like Christian rap is like its own like little, you know, culture in itself. And um, I think that's kind of been like the next like wave is, people talking about like real life stories and like how the gospel helped them through these moments. So that's kind of dope, man. So I got one last question on the, on the music topic. I know I said I was done, but I got one more. And, and 
truthfully, it ties into something you told me a long time ago, or I heard you say. Um, so for those of y'all who don't know, about like two years ago or so, a little over, uh, I actually got to be on a podcast with Ian in a different space, uh, talking about, um, you know, kind of just really social justice uh, change within, the, within, you know, policing and things like that. And we got to be on there with a police officer and a pastor. And uh, then I don't know how I got on there. But anyway, uh, so anyway, we were talking and we literally did like an hour episode or something. And then afterwards, we talked for like another hour. But Ian said something to me and he said, bro, just just make something like if you like it and you enjoy doing it, who cares what it what other people think about it? However, it's perceived like just do it. And like if you're passionate about something in the moment and you know that in six months you may not think about it again. But like if you're passionate about it right now, do it like and that really encouraged me because like I was really starting to feel like a lot of creative itch to do more and do different things. And uh, you just encouraged me with that. So thank you. Question to follow up with that is like what what pushes you to keep going, man? Because like like you said, man, music is a hard industry to get into unless you have this huge backing from a label or you have a song that just blows up and you kind of catch that that rhythm. Like what keeps you going? Like when, you know, you have, you put out all this content and it's maybe not hitting like you thought it would. Like what, what motivates you to keep pushing? For me, it's tied to purpose. And that's where I think other things start to fall apart for, for other musicians I talk to is some of them, it's about getting a quick buck. Some of them, it is about getting rich. Some of them, it is about some ulterior thing. But like if, like, I truly believe that this is what I'm supposed to do on earth. Yeah. Like, this is this is what makes me breathe. So without this, I don't have anything. Because, yeah, I do the speaking and I do the voice acting. But this is the only thing that just doesn't feel like work. It, mm. it never feels like I could do it 24 hours a day and just don't sleep. And just don't eat food or eat while I'm rapid. Like, I could I could do that because... I believe it's tied to my purpose on earth and what I'm supposed to do. Um, on a practical level, what keeps me going is there is this like new wave, if you will, of like, as far as like success and what does that mean and how do you measure it? There's this new wave of, in terms of the old school way, right? Getting signed by label, like you said, blah, blah. But now there's this, there's this opening of, I met this guy named Echo a few years back. He's a big artist on the West Coast in Las Vegas. I had never heard a dude. You probably never heard a dude. But he's a guy that is, like, dope. He has a huge following. He tours. He gets money. He doesn't work a job. Like, he gets paid off that. And he is doing things. Like, he made a song with uh, the guy who goes, I just want to fly. Breath, right? around me baby he made a song he, he, the only person on this podcast that know who made that song <laughs> he made a song with he made a song with that guy and like he's just doing all these things he has all this momentum and he and he's doing all this stuff and i was just like whoa that really showed me physical proof that 
you can be, you could be an artist who has a fan base, who makes money, who tours, who does all the things that like a rapper backed by a label does. And you can even make, in terms of like a financial, you can make whatever you want to make. Like it's scalable. It's like a business. You could be, you could be a little sandwich joint or you could be McDonald's. Like it's scalable. You could scale it up. And if that's the case, there, there is no limit. It's just about, I go back to Gary Vee, how bad do you want it? When, when he says that, and even though he's not necessarily Christian, so to say, that convicts me. 100%. Like, how bad do you, if this is what you want, this is what you're saying you're called to do, then let's do it. What What's the excuse? What's the, and when you cut off excuse, there's really nothing left but work. Yeah, I, I like that. All right. So we're switching, we're switching, uh, we're switching topics here, man. So when I, when I met you in person a few weeks ago for the first time, and we talked about you being on the podcast you said, and man, I don't, I don't just want to talk about music. Like we got to get sports in. All right. We got to oh, yeah. talk about sports. And so I need to know right now, like what's the spiciest hot take you got for us? Like what, what's something that you would be like, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> like That's what I want to hear from you. Man, I've got two, bro. I've got two. Okay. So the first one is this whole Kevin Durant thing. There's a lot of talk that it's Miami. I think even if he went to Miami, it's not enough. Okay. Not enough. I, I I say that's a that's a that's a mild take. That's that's media. Give, give me give me something give me something that that like give me like Carolina Reaper pepper. You know, one of those one of those real spicy. I want, me, I want a real spicy. Let me tell you my why though is maybe a little controversial. My why because okay. I think that. Kyle Lowry is unproven. I think even Jimmy Butler sometimes disappears, especially in the playoffs. If you give me microwave takes right now, I want okay, I want, okay. Like, th- 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 those are microwave takes. Like, okay. like I, I go into a barbershop at any country, any place <laughs> in the country right now. No one's gonna disagree you about that. I need a spicy take. You came on a okay. pod. You came on a pod. Talk sports. You say you want to talk it. Let's talk it. Talk your okay. talk. Game. Let's go. Here's number two. Here's number two. I think Will Levis is realistically a Heisman contender. Like, Ooh, realistically. That like is on the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You I, think I, I, I'm like on the list, like, realistically could get it, could win. For sure. Nah, for sure. I don't know about that, man. Absolutely. I agree with that one. You that, think I mean, so? Like, he's, he's a, Dave, I had season tickets. Like he's this. good. I, I'm not saying I, he's I not. Saw him every, I saw him every game. The dude's real. I, he, and, I'm not and saying guy, not good. But do you think that he's realistically going to be out CJ Stroud? He's got he said be in the conversation. He didn't say he was going to win it. He just said he was a the, he said, the top he said look, look, Mirage been giving microwave takes. I'm talking <laughs> spicy. Like spicy would say like you need to stand on that. You is he going to win it or not? <laughs> but, microwave. Listen, you go. but listen, but listen. A lot of people like there's five people. So those five people there's really only like two that are really in the conversation out of the five. I'm not looking for medium. I want some spicy takes. Devin, what is your spiciest take in sports right now? He's LeBron going. James is no longer a top five player in the NBA. Oh, that's, that's not even spicy, take. man. That's not a spicy. That's not got, even spicy. Once this gets out, 
Watch how many watch how many LeBron fans coming to my DM talking about this. I, I don't even think the Lakers are the top ten best team in the in the in the league right now. That, oh, that's facts. That, that, mm, that, any team with with Anthony Davis and LeBron and Russell, you would think could be top ten, but league's tough now. It's tough. That's hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that's a medium take. I don't think that's think that's a medium. You think that's a medium take? Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna give it right back. I think that's microwave. That's like, a microwave I, take. Yeah, that's right. 30 seconds when it should have been a minute and a half. I don't, I don't find that to be like you. you I, I got a, I got a couple just. I will say though, LeBron dropped. You want you want you want to? I'll give you a spicy take. Go ahead. Super Bowl champions. What for the next for the next year? Who? The Cleveland Browns, baby. Shut up, bro. Oh, How about that? On, oh, 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 you don't want. Oh, you don't want a spicy. Now you don't like spicy no more. <laughs> now you don't like spicy no more. That, that's not a spicy take. That's, that's a, a spicy trash take. Take. That's a spicy take. That's a spicy take. That's trash. So before I was like, I was like, hey, maybe playoffs, maybe not. I'm looking at the roster. Now. I'm like, yo, hey, once this- we get. Hey, let me Browns? Hey, Super I'm about to boo you off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, hey. based on what though? You can't just say something outrageous based on what? That hey, I'm about to, I'm about incredible. to boo you. That offense incredible. All they needed was a quarterback. Controversial. They got one. Controversially, they got one. Yeah, now, what? What? The jury's still out on that. Y'all just signed Josh Rosen as as insurance, and he's trash cans. Like and they got bro. they got other people. You know what I'm saying, but, uh, but what I'm saying, look, that that defense is incredible. Defense is nice. Okay, the offensive weapons that they have around, even a decent quarterback like Baker, looks good. Now you added now you added like a good quarterback. Controversial. It, it plays. He's controversial. He. They, if he plays, they're they're a contender for a playoff spot. No way they win the Super Bowl, dog. Man. No, the Redskins would blow but, them but out. But you wanted a spicy take. There's hey, the Washington take. football team, you get it right. <laughs> but you wanted a spicy take, Dave. There it is, Dave. Right. You know, what's your t- what's your spicy take right now? Man, I don't even have one to give to y'all, man. I, I, That's I'm gonna I'm keep first, it. The first one you said wasn't spicy enough. I said LeBron James is in the top five player in the NBA right now. Because we all know it's true. Yeah, that's not a debate. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I want you to stand. I want you, after this, I want you to put that on social media right now. <laughs> I want you, because we're going to see, you'll, you'll see a debate. You'll, you'll see, you'll see hey, one. Different. Put that on social media. Put it media. on the group. Put it on the group as soon as this is over. Put it on the group. Okay. And I, I my head's going to get ripped off, but that's fine. That's fine. I ain't going to say nothing either. I won't say a word. I stand on the principle, man. All right. All right, so spicy takes. I don't know where that came. that was not it. I don't know. Great, it's a great segment. I think we need to bring it back. Facts. Okay, so what we're gonna get into next? Rapid fire. I have not told Devon my questions. I haven't told you my questions. I'm gonna ask them, Devon. If you got any to add at the end, take it away. But Ian, I need your fastest answers. You already took one of them who was going to be the greatest rapper of all time. I think you were going to say Jay-Z. So is that right? Greatest rapper of all time, in your opinion, Jay-Z? Jay-Z or Kendrick Lamar? Ooh, they're spicy. That's spicy. That's getting spicier. That's spicier. Okay. Who's the greatest athlete of all time? Any sport? Uh, Greatest athlete? 
I know you want fast, but I can't think of something fast. Uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, great answer. Okay, best answer. favorite places you've been around the world? Uh, Canada. That's super random, and also. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 okay, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Oh, <laughs> All this man just talked about being in China, going all around the country. This man said Canada. Yeah. No, Canada. no disrespect. No disrespect. I mean, what part of Canada? Just the whole thing? Uh, Montreal. Okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead, all right. So, okay. So you have, and we're not talking, this can be from the same artist, whatever. You got one CD in the car forever. No, you cannot change it. If one CD start to finish, you can play it as much as you want. What's the one CD in the in the CD player forever? Mm. Michael Jackson off the wall, probably. Dope pick. All right. Fire pick. Favorite rap lyric. Mm. That is. That is hard. Um, we do we do spicy takes and we do. Yeah, these are these are these are not rapid fire. These no, like, this was not good. rapid fire. This was de- that was depth, Dev. Come on, bro. This is like you got. I mean, but you talk, he, he just he said all this stuff about rappers earlier. So then I challenged him on the verse. I mean, like like spit a verse, man. Come on, we need we just need one. Not even a verse. Just give me just like a, just like a little like a bar. Of my own, or are you talking about other rappers? Your favorite bar that that you've heard that that's that's in your head right now. Um, anything. Call me, dad was gone. Finally got my dad back. Live a bad, he couldn't live long. Snatched my dad back. Promise I never had back. Streets was my second home. Welcomed me with open arms. Provided a place to crash at, a place to study math at. Matter of fact, I learned it all. Burnt it all. This this music is where I bury the ashes at. Having much, not having that. Something you can holler back at. Holler that my Jewish lawyer to enjoy the fruits of my ever cash back. Just in case a player got to use it right. Tat, 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 tat. Hey. We on budget, but if we weren't on budget, I'd say. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Facts. All right, so let's see. Mm. I have one endeavoring just his question just threw it off, man. What was I going to ask you, bro? Devon, you got any more? I'm I'm tapped out on, on he's tapped out, man. He's tapped out. Uh favorite. Oh, I no, this is this is one you should know. What's the favorite song you've ever made? Like right now, somebody's listening to this, they gotta know what's the first Mirage song they gotta go listen to right now. Mint Green. Mint Green, fire. My favorite song you've done, Mint Green is one, level up two hands down if you could choose another person that you know to be on this podcast who would it be and why oh random i know i don't know if he's been on here before but i'm gonna say trevino woods he has been on here man yes he's a great but that hey we we, we're all we we like repeat guests that's fine yeah i'll give you somebody else my mentor shamar keith and And why And why? Because he's going to bring the pain. Hey, dope. That's all I got for you, man. This was a great, I had a great time with this. Yeah, I don't know how rapid fire we just were, but those questions were. (laughs) 
It was like it was like a slow fire, but we still it was, got it out. It was a it was bonfire. Cooking. Yeah. Yeah. We it, had, was it, was, like a, it was bonfire. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It, it took a while, man. You got to start it. You know what I'm saying? We was trying to start it. <laughs> we we still we got charcoal grill. We don't got the gas grill over here. I told you we on budget, man. I told you, man. But <laughs> all right, so kind of wrapping it up, man. So a little bit earlier, I I had mentioned about um you know like resources per se that people can uh, find regarding you know foster care questions and things like that. What would you say for somebody that's like, man, I kind of would like to know more about some some way I can help. Is there a person that they can contact? You know, I know where a lot of our listeners are in Kentucky, so it doesn't have to necessarily be somebody in Kentucky, but if that's kind of your context, that's fine too. But like what, what kind of would somebody start? Where would somebody start at for that information? Um, I would try to get in contact with, you're probably not going to have access to like a social worker. So I would try to get access to maybe a private organization and try to start there. Like NECO is a good one here locally in Lexington. Um, there's Sunrise and like Danville and like smaller communities. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, heard find- huh? I've heard of Sunrise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try to find a way to get plugged into something like that. And if you like the state, if you want to get involved in like the state run stuff, then I would try to volunteer at like a function that comes up and try to get connected and network because that's not going to be the same if you're not in this city, like whatever city you're in, that could be applicable to do that. For sure. Okay. So how can people like follow along with you? What's your social media handles? Hit me with all of them. I'll link them in the comment in the, uh, in the description of the episode and on our social media and everything like that. How can people get in contact with you? Absolutely, man. At I am a Raj is spelled with two A's, like the shirt. I am like I am in. I am a Raj is the handle. So at I am a Raj. And um, it's I try to keep it the same everywhere. I think the only place where it's different is YouTube is just Mirage. But everything else is I am a Raj to try to be consistent. So like Instagram is I am a Raj. Facebook is I am a Raj. Uh, TikTok is I am a Raj. So everything is trying to be consistent yeah. to keep it simple. That's dope. Last and then I have a website. I have a website, IamMirage.com. So there's that. That's the website. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Last question, man. Hard hitter right here. What's next, man? What can we expect coming next down the pipeline for Mirage? The most thing I'm excited about right now is Pastels. It's the next album. It's almost done. It's literally like just mixing and mastering is what needs to happen. Yeah. When that thing comes out, it is the dopest thing I've ever created ever. Yeah. Because because it's pastels. Every song is a color title. That's why Mint Green is Mint Green. Every song is supposed to invoke an emotion, and it's also a chapter of my story. So all of it is you're like digesting multiple things at once. You're digesting my story, but you're also, I expect people to like hear Mint Green and be like, they start wearing it. They start seeing it. They start going towards it as a color putting it in their background on their desktop doing whatever because they're like they're drawn to it and the meaning and everything that's in the song and the power of the color so i think that that's going to be transformative for a lot of people i think people are going to get to know me better a lot of people are like yo i want to know like more of your story like not that you're the dopest rapper but like tell me who you are this is that this is that wrapped up with a bow and it's and it's musical there's a lot of singing on it yeah, it's way more singing on it. 
So it's just, it's going to slap people in the face. People are going to be like, I don't know what to do with it. This is crazy. My guy's on his Drake, this album. He's on his, he's on his Drizzy. I'm on, I'm on my Anderson pack. Oh, hey. That's fire. I can't wait, man. Well, hey, listen, bro. Devin, you got anything else? This is, this is great, man. And, And look. You, I just want to remind you that you told us to run it back on this, on this, on this little. So, so we're gonna get a bar. We're gonna get a couple bars from you. You told us to run it back, and plus we got an album. So, we got we got a couple things that we're looking forward from you. But this was fun. It was great to get to know you, man. I had a great time. Thanks for coming. You always thank you for having me. You are always welcome. When the album drops, yes, come back on the podcast. Yes, I got you. I got you. Ian, thank you so much, man. Devon, until next time, my brother. Peace. Peace. Thank you, guys.